Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch in 2021. I'm joined with J.D. Rogers. Back and better than ever before. Keeping it fresh in 2021. And of course, Mrs. Laura Eldridge. What's up, y'all? 2021. Yeah, here we go. Can I spill the tea on something? Spill some tea, bro. Yeah. Uh, um, so I got a lot of, by a lot, I just mean like probably like six or seven emails over the break um, from people who listen to the Views from the Porch uh, episode, Why Am I Still Single? Ooh. And um, a lot of people were just like, hey, like we're in it with you, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know. You're not alone. Well, over the break, as y'all know, I started a dating relationship. Oh, and wow. We recorded this podcast just so you guys could hear. No. Here's the tea. This took a turn. I lost over 200 followers the day I posted her. Stop it. 200 of people who once claimed to be with me. All right. We we need to change this podcast into those 200 people because they're hurting. Yes. We got some girls who have just crushed their dreams. As long as they are following Jesus, I that's thought what they were most. following Jesus. I thought they wanted my account for the Jesus content. No, nope, not a chance. <laughs> they are now angry at me because I'm not in the singleness. I don't know what's up with I'm that. I'm not surprised at all, honestly, by that. But that's not what we're talking about yeah, today, is it? Yeah, it's not. We're talking about something actually that maybe I need to deal with. Yes, um, you do. Uh, kind of like the idea of self-esteem <laughs> issues and self-esteem and the idea of self-care, self-love. Is self-love biblical? Self-love. Which that was so relevant. Did you even mean to tie that in? What? The whole like followers, unfollowers, because nothing can tank someone's self-esteem more than what they find on wow. the internet. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. a good point. That's so true. Self-love is self-love. I think it all comes down to the question of, hey, what do you mean by that? That you and I are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So it, it really depends on what you mean. I think where we get stuck is people prioritize something called self-esteem or self-actualization. You guys know what Maslow's, Maslow's hierarchy is? Nope. Man, you, Never heard of that. you weren't paying attention in psychology. I wasn't. It's, uh, it's not worth going into, but we prize or prioritize a high self-esteem. When somebody has a low self-esteem, we want to encourage them and try to you know, tell them how great they are to build up their self-esteem, which is not a biblical idea and it's not a good way to live. So uh, this is like, uh, um, hopefully be helpful because when it comes to your self-worth, your self-acceptance, those are very different than your self-esteem. And those are biblical necessary things to experience an abundant life, a life that's flourishing, a life that has peace marking it, but those are very different from self-esteem. Y'all follow me? Mm -hmm. So you got self-worth, self-acceptance, and then self-esteem. A lot of times, you know, when people talk, they intermingle those as though they're like, man, I just have low self-worth or I have low self-esteem and they use them interchangeably, which is not a good idea because self-esteem is this idea of based on how I behave, how I act, how I perform, where I work, who I'm dating, how I look, how successful my exercise was today, or you know, just I'm doing in life, then I have increasing esteem. And we often think, and then I feel more valuable about myself, or I feel more acceptable, I feel more lovable, I feel all those things, which is not a good way to live. So I'm gonna give you an equation. You follow me? Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk about how... I'm going to talk about those three buckets. You got self-esteem, self-worth, and self-acceptance because self-worth and self-acceptance really, really matter. 
All of this may feel like jargon to you if you're listening in. My guess is your identity, whether you had a good day or bad day today, whether you feel good about yourself, whether you feel depressed about yourself, whether you hate yourself, can be linked to the way that you allow your self-esteem to influence or even determine your self-worth or determine whether you accept yourself or whether you can love yourself, whether you're okay with yourself, which is a really unhealthy way to live. So you guys know how long the term self-esteem has been around? How long? Like a hundred years. It's only been around like a hundred years. But the idea of self-esteem that based on how I'm living, how I'm doing, how I'm acting, how, um, you know, uh, how successful, whatever definition I have of that, that's been around a long time. That, that in other words, how I see myself is based on how I'm performing. That's been around years and years and years and years. Even there's writings of Aristotle and Plato and just guys hundred thousands of years ago where they talk about that idea. People, here's how people think about their self-esteem or here's how self-esteem generally works. Learn this from counselor. That it's like an equation. You remember an equation in math where you have like, you know, one half would be a one on top and a two yeah. on the bottom line in the middle. Quite the equation that. of self-esteem would be this. You put a P on top. So if you're listening, you're driving the car, you put a P, then you draw a line right beneath it. Then you put three E, three E. So generally the way self-esteem works is based on how I'm performing as it relates to three expectations, the expectations of myself. Am I meeting my own expectations? The expectations others have on me. And this one is like, dude, this is like the Jedi master one. Expectations of self, am I performing above or below what I think I should be doing? Am I performing above or below the expectations of others? That's number two, what they think I should be doing. Am I performing above or below what I think are the expectations of others? Does that make sense? So in other words, somebody could be like, oh, you're doing a great job. And in my mind, I can negatively run to, they don't really think that I'm doing a great job. They think I'm doing a terrible job. I'm not, I bet they want me to leave this job and they wish they could fire me or replace me with Sarah. And that that third expectation is based on how, what I think the expectations of other people are. You follow me? Mm-hmm. So based on how I'm performing is if I'm beating the expectations of others or of myself or of what I think others have on me, it increases my self-esteem. I have a greater self-esteem because the P, remember in any equation, the bigger number on top means it's a bigger number. So two over one is two versus one over two is one half. So it's super math. I feel like I need a whiteboard right now. The point being, that idea of self-esteem, how do I measure up to the expectations of myself, of other people, of the expectations I think other people have? You can't make that go away. That's going to be there for the rest of your life. You're going to find yourself being tempted to take that self-esteem and make it your self-worth and to perform And because candidly, the way that we try to do that is we either try to increase our performance to meet the expectations or we just try to lower the expectations of everyone around us. So our life becomes like, man, I can't, I can't do any better. So I'm just going to really, really lower the bar and then I'll feel better about myself because, you know, I'm meeting the expectations. So I just lower the bar, neither of which is a healthy way to find your self-worth. So what you need to do as it relates to self-esteem is go, Hey, I'm going to always for the rest of my life battle the idea that I'm going to feel good about myself based on how I'm doing. Am I meeting my expectations? Am I performing? Am I not? Am I letting people down? But that doesn't have anything to do with my self-worth, how valuable I am. It doesn't have anything to do with my self-acceptance or whether or not I can be okay with who I am and I can have peace. You've got to detach those things because self-esteem is not biblical. It's rooted in like, man, am I, am I outperforming what I think I should be doing? Self-worth is something that you and I as humans made in the image of God, Genesis chapter one, verse 27 to 27, 
28 says that when God created man and woman, he created the male and female and in the image of God, you were created. Whatever job you work at, whatever family you're from, you are the only creation on the planet that was made in the image of God himself, distinct from any other living creature. Your value is so extraordinary and it will never change. It doesn't go up and down. Every person might be different in terms of the gifts that they have, in terms of their intelligence, in terms of their outward beauty. None of that has to do with their self-worth because their self-worth happened when they were made in the image of God. You cannot have a more valuable self-worth. You're so valuable. God would give his life for you on the cross. So that's fixed. It never changes. Your self-esteem is going to go up and down based on how you perform or how you think you're doing, how you're doing at work, whether you're you know, in a dating relationship or making enough money. But your self-worth doesn't and shouldn't. So that's fixed. Y'all following me? Wow, mm-hmm. yeah. And the more that's that you good. can detach your self-esteem from, no, you know, that's how I'm performing. That's not how I'm, that's that doesn't determine how valuable I am or my worth or who I am. I'm a freaking child of God. I'm made in the image of God Almighty, unlike anything else in the world. That's who I am. So my self-worth is fixed, no matter how well I'm doing or how bad I'm doing. If you're listening to this, unless you're some sort of, you know, canine or, or animal that has gotten a hold of the AirPods, you were made in the image of God. Your value for the rest of your life has been sealed and it was formed the moment that you were created and formed in your mother's womb. You're infinitely valuable. The other thing is self-acceptance. So a lot of times we'll determine whether or not we can accept ourselves based on how our self-esteem is. Is y'all following me? So yeah. like, hey, if I'm doing well, if I'm performing well, then I can accept myself. If not, I need to punish myself. And I need to think less of myself. I need to try harder. And I need to have more uh, accomplishments in life and I'm, I'm not worthy and I can't accept myself. That's also a really bad way to live. Because humans crave acceptance. All of us want it. We all need it. It's a God-given wiring that's inside of us. It also has nothing to do with your self-esteem or your performance and how you're meeting or exceeding your performance. The only reason that you can accept yourself or I can accept myself is because biblically, when Jesus on the cross died for you and me and gave his life so that anyone who puts their faith in what he did for them could have eternal life, and could be welcomed and adopted into the family of God, he said, you are accepted. In other words, here's why you can accept yourself. Not because of how good you're doing, because you've already been accepted by the only one who matters or by the one who matters most, the one whose opinion matters most. So you don't have to wonder, can I accept myself today? You know, I, I reject myself or I think low of myself or I need to go, you know, just crush some bluebell because I had such a hard day and I'm so disappointed <laughs> in who I am. That doesn't need to be attached to your self-acceptance. The only reason you and I can ever accept ourselves is because we have already been accepted by Christ on the cross if you're a believer in Christ. And the more that you and I can learn to detach our self-acceptance and learn to detach our self-worth from our self-esteem, the more peace you're going to have, the less depression over your life, over your circumstances, over, uh, and that's not a universal depression solution, but a lot of times we get trapped in this loop where we're so insecure and we see ourselves so lowly and we don't think that we're valuable because we attach our value, our worth, our acceptance to our self-esteem. God has already fixed 
through making you in his image, your self-worth, and through making you a new creation or adopting you into his family, you've been accepted by the one who matters most. That's why you can accept yourself. Oh. Wow, David. Okay, that for one. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. And I can't wait to listen to this podcast. I'm over here like, I, I know at least somebody is crying. And I, you know, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable for a second. Come on. Mm. There was a time when I came on to staff here and at Watermark, this, the church that the porch is um, underneath and, and who we serve alongside. Okay. Well, I came on staff here and um, I had never felt like I struggled with self-esteem or self I'm, I'm not going to call it self-worth, self-esteem. Yeah. I've, I didn't feel like I'd ever struggled with that. And I got to a place where something in my mind, as I'm looking around, seeing how great everyone else is, or just going through all these things emotionally and, and not taking my thoughts captive, like 2 Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, I got to a place where I was convinced that nobody thought I was a value add, that nobody wanted me around. And, um, And here's why I'm saying this, and here's why I'm being vulnerable with that. I'm saying that because what didn't help me kind of work out of that was learning that, oh, no, people do think I'm a value add or people do want me around, which was totally true, by the way. I just, the enemy is so, he just was convincing me of that. And what what can happen if you're living in that world is you can go into every day keeping tallies of people's words or actions or notes written to you. 100%. Are gonna determine. It's always gonna be an uphill battle and then a downhill. You're like up and down, up and down. Because it's like today I got uh, either someone said like a comment that in their mind totally. they said it and it left them and they moved on from the situation. And you're like, Cripple. I think I am the worst yes. employee of all time. Or someone can be like, that was amazing, way to go, and you ride on that, but it eventually subsides and goes away. Or you feel the pressure to like keep up. Yeah. I have to do that yeah. again. So sorry, continue. No, that's good. Here is what's really cool about this, David, and I wish I had words for it earlier, um, is that what helped me was not like learning like, oh no, those are lies and whatever. I got to a place where I, where just wrestling with the Lord, I was like, what if, like, even if every single person around me hates me, doesn't think I'm a value add, thinks that I have nothing to uh, bring and doesn't want me around. Like, even if, does that change one ounce about my worth in Jesus? And until I literally sat there and wrestled with it every single day, until I got to a place of like, the answer is no. And I straight up watched the chains like fall off. I watched myself be more confident walking into a room. I watched myself uh, let things roll off my back a lot easier. I, I watched myself believe the best about the things that other people were saying because all of a sudden I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't change how much I'm worth in Christ, even if those things are true, which mm-hmm. they weren't. I, I was just thinking about like the enemies that against these three things. So if I'm thinking about self-esteem, the enemy can be others. We're like, my worth is determined by others' affirmation of me. Or, or yourself. It's really yeah, yeah. Hey, or my, how, how I'm doing. Right. But, how I'm measuring up. But I was, yeah. So I'm just like in big context, if I'm thinking about where I get most of, my, most of my self-esteem, I'm looking at others to fill up that tank for me personally. For my self-worth... Um, the enemy, Satan, and the demons, they are the ones that are going to convince me that I'm not made in the image of God. Um, like, they're they're going to tell me my image comes in anything superficial or that I can be in control of. And then self-acceptance is the last one, right? Acceptance, I mean, that's, for me, personally, that's where me, I'm my worst enemy, is I tell myself my sin, my past, all those things, they disqualify me. 
and they are what keep me not not deserving of people's love or the Lord's love and grace in my life. But but this is the thing. Here here's where and I'm leaning in because this is where hopefully it's helpful. You, that's that is self esteem thinking. That line of thinking you just had of like oh whether or not I can be accepted is. You, based on how my past was, my future is, how I'm behaving. All of that is a self-esteem line right. of thinking, which anytime it trickles into self-worth, and this is so huge on identity. Like some people, they hate themselves and they don't like themselves. Or this is why people, they leave, they were a cheerleader at OU and they graduate and they become a kindergarten teacher and their life falls apart because they don't know who they are because they're not performing for crowds. They're not accomplishing things. People are not cheering them on or they're not doing well at their new job. And their life is like, oh, I don't even know who I am because their self-esteem was what was determined or how they were behaving, they're performing, their identity was entirely wrapped up in whether their self-esteem was good. And you said it earlier, it's a roller coaster. You step onto that thing and it's a roller coaster. Any person listening, the Bible says that the angels look at you and I and they marvel and wonder that one day you and I as Christians, we will judge the angels. Angels weren't made in the image of God. The greatest creation in the world, whether it's the Grand Canyon or the Aurora Borealis up in, you know, off of Iceland or Greenland or wherever that is, all of those different amazing creations, the Himalayan mountains, all these different things, the sun, moon, and the stars, none of those were made in the image of God. No matter if you get fired from your job, you break up, you're single, you're alone for the rest of your life, you are a marvel because you are made in the image of God Almighty. Your worth will never change. And that is fixed and has been fixed. So you don't have to ride the roller coaster because above being an accountant or above being in finance, above being a football coach, above being a college student, you are a human being. And no matter what, for the rest of your life, if everything falls apart or you you don't get the job or your company goes under, your self-esteem doesn't have to rise and fall because, or your self-worth, your identity doesn't have to rise and fall because it can be anchored in that you've been accepted by the only one whose opinion matters or whose opinion matters most. And your self-worth is fixed. Yeah, it's good. So does that mean, so say that you are someone who has done the hard work and asked God to help and you your, your self-worth is like fixed in the cross and who you are um, in Jesus, knowing that you're made in the image of God. Are you saying that um, self-esteem then would, like how do they... I know you talked about the equation, but how do they kind of like affect one another? Are you saying self-esteem is out of the picture or are you saying self-esteem? No, I think it's there. You just got to know like, hey, I'm going to be tempted like based on how well I'm doing to try to think, oh, that that means how valuable I am or whether or not I can accept myself or feel good about myself. None of which is, that's not a helpful exercise. So just knowing that temptation is going to be there, but I remind myself of what's true. This is who I, this was, uh, while we're being vulnerable, this probably won't. Maybe this will land with people. This all came to me. I was seeing a counselor that was awesome. I, uh, I was a DTS professor, head of counseling down there. And I was talking through stuff and he said something. He goes, people in high profile ministry positions like yours often associate their identity with their ministry. In other words, they become so overlapped that it is, I am what I do or I am my ministry. And that means that they feel anxiety over if it succeeds, they've succeeded. If it fails, they're a failure. And so anything that begins to threaten that creates anxiety, can create anger over like, hey, don't mess with, you know, my own ministry. And, um, and he was describing that and I was sitting there listening and he was just, he, he wasn't saying I had that. He just said, you know, this is often a temptation for people in high profile positions like that. Cause everywhere they go, people are like, oh, you're from the porch. Oh, yeah, I got it. And I was sitting there listening and I was like, 
yeah, that's me. Oh, yeah, 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 that's me. <laughs> that's totally me. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? And yeah. he was like, well, you have to understand and you have to begin to decouple and detached because that can just easily creep into where I am this dating relationship. I am my job. I am, um, you know, any, I am my external beauty, like the way that I look. All these things that are going to go away or going to change over time are going to not always be consistent. So I can't find my identity or my self-worth, my value in those things. And it was, it was a weird realization for me of going like, oh, before I'm a pastor, before I'm a leader of the porch, before I'm anything, I'm a human being. Like I'm a person who's made in the image of God. There's not a higher worth or value that I could have no matter what I do or what I don't do. And if something fails, I didn't fail. And if something succeeds, it doesn't mean that you know, I've succeeded anymore because my self-acceptance and self-worth are fixed and there was something so freeing about that. And I think not understanding this or falling for the lie of performing really gets us in a bad place. It can lead to depression. It can lead to suicide. It can lead to a worthless line of thinking. And God doesn't want that for any of us because our value's been fixed and we can accept ourselves because we've been accepted by the one whose opinion matters most. Wow. Yeah. I always, I always, I love the line, uh, are you living a life that's from performance-based acceptance? or acceptance-based performance where I do because I'm accepted. I don't do to be accepted. That's something I really have to work on uh, a lot. And since, you know, you two are vulnerable, I'll throw myself out there. Come on. Put myself <laughs> out there. Um, I think for me sometimes, even today, like I've shared parts of my story. I've led breakouts on parts of my story. But there are so many things that sometimes even, I think sometimes sharing my like testimony in detail with people that I'm close with, I can find myself like, oh my gosh, they're going to they're gonna think I'm weird or gross or um, they're going to be out on me or whatever because in that moment I start to get anxious about opening up and I'm like, I have to push past that lie and go, this is who you are. This is what has made you who you are. This is a part of you. And performance-based acceptance says I have to hide that I have to hide this part of me because the reason why they're accepting me is because this part is hidden. But acceptance-based performances says, hey, I'm fixed on Christ. I'm fixed on his blood. I'm fixed on what God says is true of me. Therefore, this person's response to a reality of mine does not dictate who I am, does not dictate my worth. And that's hard. Like, it's hard to get past that lump in your throat and that, like, fear in you and that, that I'm like, I'm going to throw up. Like, it's so and like, if you're listening right now and you're like, man, I'm someone that to, to transfer self-esteem, hear me out, process. Self-esteem is almost, it seemingly disguises itself as an easier route because you get to be the dictator of your outcome. You get to work harder to get more or you get to do less when you don't care. Like it, it's in your hands, but there's something about the fixating and then the inconsistency or the, the consistency of a self-worth or self-acceptance life, that it's like, that does mean, Laura, no matter what happens, I have to be founded on faith and be good and be joyful in all circumstances. And that doesn't make sense in our human minds. And so it's just, that's an interesting thought of like, self-esteem is worse for you and unhealthy for you, but yet it's easier to run to in your flesh. Dude, the number of like tentacles, I think, you know, we don't have a ton more time. 
But the ways that I think this impacts humanity or people on a daily basis is extraordinary. In other words, how many people right now, so many people are focused on, oh, what if they think bad of me? Or what if they misunderstood me? Or I can't believe that I said that. Or I find myself anxious over what are they thinking about me? What are they thinking about me? When you begin to embrace that, oh, my worth doesn't go up and down, you begin to realize it doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't have to obsess about what JD thinks about me, Laura thinks about me. I've been accepted by the only one who matters. I can have like walk in a peace. Let's say they do think bad of me. Let's say they think wrongly of me. I'm not supposed to live for their opinion or their right or wrong. I stand before God. It's his opinion that matters most. And I live for his approval. And his approval is ultimately the one that, that people are going to misunderstand you. They are going to not um, think the best about you. They are going to miss, uh, you know, hear something that you said or think less of you based on how you perform at work. And it doesn't matter. I'm not saying, I'm not invalidating it. I'm just saying cycling through, oh no, oh no, oh no. When you begin to go, oh yeah, my worth doesn't change. Maybe they do think less. That doesn't impact how valuable I am. Maybe they do think not as highly as I normally am. Yeah, but I'm still accept, like none of that goes up and down. And um, it just brings so much more peace and freedom into life. It's so good. I, I would guess that there are some people listening who are probably a little bit overwhelmed because this is kind of a new concept. I'll be honest. I'm like, whoa, I need to like, I need to do some more work on my heart and sit with the Lord some more in that. And so I'm a little overwhelmed. So what I don't want to leave here without doing or asking David is what are some like practical steps? Say I'm sitting here listening, do it for me. Um, what is like one or two next steps I can take once I've realized, okay, I think there are some ways that I'm, uh, my self-esteem is fluctuating and I've kind of attached different things to my worth. What would you tell me to do as like a first or second step? I think when you find yourself on the hamster wheel of, oh no, I'm anxious. And that, that nervous energy leads to, I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to perform. Or I just sit there and I dwell on what if they thought that, or what if they didn't hear this? Or what if I ended up in a, to begin to do the, the work of going, of asking the question, what am I so concerned about? Or how am I believing that if this relationship doesn't work out, then I'm a failure or I'm a loser or some of these just like lies that we don't even realize we're, we're holding onto. And so I would begin to navigate and just begin to pray through like, I'm feeling so overwhelmed and anxious about, because a lot of times anxiety is so related to our, our self-esteem because we're, we're anxious over whether or not it's, it's gonna be enough and we gotta keep going and I feel good today because things are going well. And then tomorrow they're not. So I feel bad and begin to ask the question of like, what ways do I associate my value with what I'm doing, who I'm in relationship with, with how I see myself, with what other people think about me and begin to ask the question because you can't decouple it until you first identify it and begin to say, man, that's not where I find my worth. This is what God's word says. So that would be the first step that I think would probably give us more than enough to work on. That's good. I would also, one thing that, one last thing that's been helpful, um, 1 Corinthians 4, um, read that. And, and by the, there's a little mini book. Have y'all read it? The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness by Tim, mm-hmm. is it Tim Keller? Yeah. Okay. That is like, that's a game changer. Buy it. It's tiny, probably five bucks. Yep. That's it's good. really small. I love it. Man, all right. Hey, that's it. Yep. Um, anything else? I think that's all. Good. It's we'll fun see. to be back. Starts the year. Let's go. Next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at the Porch.